All right, you guys ready to get into the word of the Lord this morning? All right, so such an honor to, uh, yeah, to be able to share the word of the Lord on the first Sunday of 2022. Uh, I was thinking back over the past year and what God uh, has done. And you know what? There were so many victories. There's no way that we could, uh, could share all of them in the time that we have today. But I will just share a couple of highlights uh, of things that just were amazing last year for our church family. One, of course, was after a full year of lockdown in March, we got back to in-person services. So I, I realize we've been doing it for a year now, so it may not seem like a big deal. But guys, do you remember? We were at home for a year doing online service only. And so, man, it was so awesome to walk back in the doors and actually see brothers and sisters. And, you know, even, even you know, in March, we weren't really hugging and we weren't really even fist bumping. We were still, like, really afraid of each other. So, so we kept our distance and we kind of waved a little bit. But, man, it was good to see everybody. Last year, 2021, finalized the purchase of the Tivoli right here. Yeah. So that was awesome. And then, of course, uh, Pastor Brent led us through the Beyond Initiative in the fall. And, man, that was so, so good. And then uh, just a couple of Sundays ago, a few Sundays ago, at the Shaw Campus, we had a combined uh, baptism service there. I don't know if you got to be there for that. But, guys, we baptized almost 20 people on that night. Isn't that awesome? So that was really, really great. And, uh, yeah, it was a great, great year. Um, I also recognize, of course, uh, for many of us, maybe for all of us, <clears throat> that the last uh, couple of years have been incredibly difficult, right? In so many different ways. Uh, and I think some of us are uh, entering into this year perhaps uh, a little timid, maybe even a little uncertain. Um, and I actually saw a meme the other day on, I think it was probably Facebook or Instagram or something. Um, but it was just text. And this is all it said. It said, nobody claim 2022 as your year, right? It said, we're all going to walk in real slow. Be good, be quiet, be cautious and respectful. Don't touch anything. That's like, like you know, we can, we can, uh, we can empathize with that, with that sentiment, right? But I do believe that there is a better perspective. I believe there's a better way to jump into this brand new year. And so I want to share some thoughts with you, some principles, and maybe even issue uh, some challenges to you this year uh, in a way that I think can make 2022 literally one of your best years ever. So if you would, would you just say these words out loud with me? Everybody just say them out loud no matter what campus you're at, even if you're home, in your living room, in your pajamas. We love you. We're a little bitter, but we love you. And uh, just say these words with me. In the beginning was the Word. Say it again. In the beginning was the Word. I'm getting that from John chapter 1 and verse 1. And actually, I would challenge you, if you, if you like Bible study, if you want to get into it this year, uh, go check out the parallels between Genesis 1, John 1, and 1 John 1. And you're going to find all kinds of vocabulary in those passages uh, that are the same. You're going to see words like beginning and life and light and love and the word and all of that. But I'm focusing primarily on John <clears throat> chapter 1 and verse 1 here. In the beginning was the word. I love this verse because it, it reveals that everything begins with the word of God. So let me just take you through these first few verses. In the beginning was the word and the word was 
with God, and the Word was God. Would you just say that with me? The Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. So these verses here at the beginning of the Gospel of John actually point back to the beginning, to a time when there was no time, to a time when there was no uh, universe, there, there were no planets, there were no stars, uh, light at that time uh, in this expanse, whatever it was, this nothingness uh, did not even exist. And so in that nothingness, there were moving together, working together, two divine forces. And as a result of these forces, and I'm going to get to those here in just a moment, but as a result of those two forces working, as we read the account in Genesis chapter 1, this amazing explosion happens. And into nothingness comes something. There, there's an explosion of light, and there's an explosion of matter, and all of a sudden the universe exists where nothing existed before, and now planets are, are in existence, and stars, and heavenly lights, and, and all of that. And, and on, this, on this globe that we call the earth, all of a sudden there are mountains forming, and valleys being scooped out, and oceans forming, and lakes, and rivers, and an incredible creative act. And so think about the, this account in John 1 and also in Genesis 1, what is it that could produce such an awe-inspiring display of supernatural power and creativity? So I've been thinking about this. There's two forces that were at work, and I see them at work really throughout the Scripture, and I see them at work throughout history, and I believe they're at work in your life and in my life today. So we're going to be talking about those. But let me just jump into this first one. And these are the elements of creation. And that is the Spirit of God and the Word of God. Would you say those two things with me? The Spirit of God and the Word of God. All right, so here we go in Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. It says, in the beginning, God. And by the way, that, that word God there is very, very generic. It's just a word for strong one. It's, the Hebrew is actually bara Elohim. You've probably heard of Elohim before. Elohim just means strong one, mighty one, strength, power, all of that. And it's interesting because God only reveals that much of himself in the opening pages of Scripture. We're going to see as we go through the Scripture that he reveals himself more and more and more through a variety of names and titles and all of that. But here in the beginning, it just says... Elohim, the, the powerful one, the strong one. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And here was the condition. It says, the earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep. I don't know if you've ever felt like your life was that way, without form, a little void, maybe a little chaotic. But it says that the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the water. Spirit of God, Spirit of God, Spirit of God. I want you to keep in your mind the Spirit of God. And then the next verse says, Then God said, 
let there be light, and there was light. So in this creative act, in this incredible moment, you see the Spirit of God and the Word of God. The Holy Spirit is hovering. And in this explosion fueled by the Word of God, the entire universe comes into existence. Something explodes out of nothing. Order comes from what was chaos. And light actually overpowers and is separated from the darkness, the power of His Spirit and His Word working together. If you read Genesis chapter 1, you'll see that through His Word, He actually injects value into the creation. You remember every time a day ends, God would look at it and He would say, this is good, day one. End of day two, this is good. End of day three, this is good. And by the way, when He created man and He looked at us, men and women together, across, you know, as, as a new creation, He actually said, by the way, that is very good. He injects value with his word, but he also injects purpose and significance. And you can read that near the end of the uh, first chapter of the book of Genesis as he blesses these people that he created and as he gives them this challenge to take dominion over the created world. And so God, through his spirit and through his word, set all of this in motion. And into this interesting mix, this dynamic, this relationship with his new creation, with man and woman, he actually instills something in creation called free will. Free will. The ability to make decisions. The ability to make choices. The ability to, uh, to separate yourself from God. You're not a robot that God created. You're not just, uh, you know, you're not out of control. You literally can make choices in your life. And if you've ever made a choice in your life, you probably realize how easy it is to make a bad choice in your life. Can somebody say amen to that? I've done that, and I continue to do that. I am a professional at that. <clears throat> and Adam and Eve were too. Adam and Eve, that's the first thing they did. One temptation, and they fell and they discovered that wrong choices lead to sin and to death and to decay and to destruction. And so this beautiful creation that God created through His Spirit and His Word suffered the catastrophic consequences of bad decisions. And the world was again filled with destruction and with chaos. And according to Genesis 3, God said, I'm not going to leave it this way. Genesis 3.15, he says, I'm going to send a Messiah. I'm going to bring into the world at some point in human history one who would be called the Savior, the Messiah, the one who would restore all things. And so you fast forward several thousand years and now we come to this time that we just celebrated last month as we were celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ and the incarnation and how God came to us in, in a man and how incredible that was. Well, the whole purpose of that, of him coming to us, was about restoration. So let me give you the elements of restoration, where the elements of creation, where the Spirit of God and the Word of God, the elements of restoration are the Spirit of God and the Word of God. You can put that up on the screen. I think it's, I think it'll go up there. Yeah, there it is. The Spirit of God and the Word of God. Think about the story again. Go back just a little bit to the time right before Jesus is going to be born and an angel appears to Mary in Luke chapter 1 and verse 35 and actually tells her this is what is going to happen. He says the Holy Spirit, everybody say the Spirit of God. 
The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So in this process, God wanting to restore us to the position of being children of God, again, the Spirit of God is at work. But not only the Spirit of God, we actually read it in John chapter 1 and verse 1, in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God, but verse 14 actually says, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So this is talking about the incarnation. This is talking about Jesus. It's talking about the Word of God literally becoming a man. And through that man's life, through his death, through his burial, through his resurrection, the price for every sin has been paid. And forgiveness has been offered to every person who is alive. And restoration is available. Aren't you thankful for the grace of God that comes through Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So he created us. And when we fell, he restored us graciously. But listen, I hope you hear this today. God desires more for his children. God desires more for you than just existence. Creation was great. We existed, right? He wants more for you than just restoration. I realize being put back into the position of being a child of God, a son of God, a daughter of God, that is awesome, but he wants more for you than just existence and position. He wants you to become just like him. And that is a process that requires transformation. He was there in creation, he was there in the incarnation, and then we see him in, involved in the process of transformation. What are the two elements? I think you got this by now. The two elements of transformation in our life are the Spirit of God and the Word of God, right? So I realize there's a lot of people that are making New Year's resolutions right now about how you're going to change. Just a moment of transparency. Everyone who's made a New Year's resolution, would you raise your hand? Just, just a moment of honesty. Either we have no resolutions or I need to be preaching online right now because you're so afraid of what I'm going to say. I saw somebody said yesterday they were going to start a brand new uh, facility, uh, a, a workout, a gym, a gym called Resolutions. And it was going to be a gym for two weeks. And the rest of the year it was going to be a wine bar. So... You realize that those facilities, workout facilities, they make their money on New Year's resolutions and 85% of people that go to fitness centers by April no longer go. They just keep faithfully paying and paying and paying. What is it about the paying? The paying like makes us feel like we're doing something, right? While we go out to eat. Hallelujah. So, <clears throat> so the elements of transformation are the Spirit of God and the Word of God. Look at this. This is 2 Corinthians Chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. 
Now, by the way, just contextually, what's being, what's being addressed here is not just freedom, like uh, being free from things that bind you, although that is in the context. I mean, there, that idea is here. But literally what this is talking about, it's a freedom to openly see and understand and receive from the word of the Lord. So where the spirit is, there's freedom to access God's word and all of its truth and all of its power. But it says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. Watch this. This is a description of where you are at today, even if you don't feel it. We all are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Can I just encourage you today, for those of you that may wonder, I don't even know if the Spirit of God is at work in my life. I don't know if God is actively doing anything in me and through me and for me. I, I just don't understand because the Spirit is so ethereal and it's so ambiguous to me and all of that. Listen, if you are sitting in this house today, Today. If you're at our Shaw campus, if you're online and you are, you're absorbing the word of the Lord right now, if you'll be honest with yourself, you will say, I am not where I used to be. Can anybody say that today? Something has happened in your life where you are no longer the same. Something has happened. Listen, if it's just a small step, that's the Spirit of God. If God has done big things in your life, that's the Spirit of God. We can't take credit for it. It's nothing that we've done. You didn't just grit your teeth one day and say, you know what, I'm going to stop sinning. No, I haven't seen anybody successfully do that. But if you are not where you used to be, then God has done something in your life and you are being transformed from glory to glory. That's the Spirit of God. But notice, also involved in this process of transformation is the Word of God. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring Word of God. Two powerful forces, the Spirit of God and the Word of God. And I want to encourage you, I'm going to focus on the Word here in just a moment, but I want to encourage you, as you're stepping into 2022 this year, I want to encourage you to go after the Spirit of God. You are born of the Spirit. You can be filled with the Spirit. You can be led by the Spirit. In fact, I would encourage you, just take a look at the book of Acts. Because the book of Acts starts with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But as you read through the book of Acts, you're going to see that over and over and over again, the same people who were filled with the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2 were filled again in Acts chapter 4. And many of them were filled again in 5 and 7 and 9 and 10. And all throughout the entire book of Acts, because the Holy Spirit is not just a one and done encounter with God. This is something you can have every day of your life. And all you have to do is do what Jesus said. Jesus said, you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will the Holy, will God your Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? And so I encourage you in 2022, get up every morning and just say, God, today, fill me with your spirit. I don't want to be breathing on my own. I, I, want the, I want the breath of God. I want the Spirit of God moving through me today. Spirit of God. <clears throat> so, born of it, you can be filled with it, you can be led by it. And coupled together with that is what I really want to focus on for just a few moments. In the beginning was the Word. 
not just in the beginning in creation, not just in the beginning with the incarnation, not just in the beginning with the birth of the church in Acts 2, not just in the beginning in our own spiritual rebirth, but I want to encourage you to let the Word of God be in the beginning of everything in your life. Every breath, every thought, as you're entering into 2022, every day, every week, every month, this entire year, that the Word of God be established as preeminent in our lives. And I'm believing that as we pair those two things together, the overshadowing of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God becoming a primary part of our lives, you're going to begin to see some things happen for you that you have not seen in a long, long time. I believe there's going to be people where you've had, you've had dreams that have died, they're going to come alive again. You've had visions that you have forgotten. They're going to come alive again. You've got some hopes that have been fading. They're going to come alive again. There's some chaos going on in your life. Things are going to come back into order again. You feel like you have been literally overwhelmed by the darkness and light is going to come in again. Spirit of God and the Word of God. But I want to I get just as practical as I can because we can talk about the Spirit of God and the Word of God theologically if we want. We can get up into the, you know, the upper levels of you know, who, what theologian says this and what scholar says that. And man, you can literally drown in all of that and it never make any difference in your life. In fact, I would tell you, maybe think about it this way this year, that theology is only as powerful as it impacts your life. If it's not impacting your life, it's not powerful. So I want to encourage you in some very, very practical ways today to build your life on the Word of God. So I'm, I'm actually going to issue four challenges to you. And even if you take just one, I'm going to be ecstatic. But if you take all four of them, man, the angels in heaven are going to be rejoicing over that. But I want to talk, I want, I, want to, I want to help you build the Word of God in your life. And I'm working on this myself. So here's number one. I'll make it as simple as I can. Number one, you're being challenged to read the Word of God. Read the Word of God. We've got so many kinds of media out now. It is so easy to flip a channel. It's so easy to stream a movie. It's so easy to do. All, man, we, just, we distract ourselves and we fill our times with so much stuff. And I want to challenge you to read the Word of God. I want you to think about Jesus as he is just getting ready to step into his ministry. He is just about ready to begin doing miracles and signs and wonders and move the process of moving him towards Jerusalem and the cross. But before he does that, right after his baptism, he goes out into the wilderness. By the way, he was led by the Spirit of God to go out into the wilderness. And so he goes out there and the Bible says that he is tormented by Satan for 40 days in the wilderness. And so there were several temptations, but at one point, Satan comes to him and, and is trying to get him basically to, to use his deity, to use his divinity, to overcome some of the very human obstacles that are in front of him. And Jesus' response to Satan found in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, is very telling. It says, but Jesus told Satan, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. 
He says you live by every word that comes from... Listen, it's interesting here because in, in the Greek language behind this, we don't really catch the progressive tense that's going on here. And actually what Jesus is saying is we need to live by the words of God, the words that he's already spoken, the words we have access to, and the words that he continues to speak as we're moving forward. In other words, every word that comes out of his mouth now, yesterday, and in the future, those are the words that we need to live by. And by the way, just this is not really my topic, but God really is speaking today. He really is. And if you'll open up your spiritual ears, if you'll put up those spiritual antenna, God will talk to you. I will throw this in. If he says something to you and you think it's him and it contradicts the written word of God, don't go with it. Stick with the written word of God. Because every one of us have access to that, to the written word of God, to the Bible. I realize, man, I've been reading the Bible on my phone for a long time. And i got to be honest with you, this last year I just got tired of the technology. I just got tired of iPads and iPhones. And forgive me, Apple, I hope Apple doesn't shut me down right now. But I got tired of you know all of that stuff. And, and, and if you're a techie and that's what you do, that's awesome. But at some point... Last year, I can't even remember what it was. It was just like I, I wanted so badly just to go pick up a copy of the Bible that had pages and maybe even a leather cover and open it up and see what the word of the Lord was saying. I challenged some of you this year. I don't even know why this happened. This was not something that I did intentionally. But in June of last year, I stopped posting anywhere on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or any, uh, anything else that you could think of. I just stopped. I looked back the other day and I went, what's the last time I posted? It was June the 10th. I'm like, what has happened to me? I used to be a poster. I was the poster child for posters. I was a professional at making collages with pictures. I could put pictures out with eight pictures in them. Christiana and all her friends would just look at, when's your dad going to do another collage? Because that's what I did. But something happened during last year, and I was just like, no, I want to get off that. I want to get into the Word of God. In fact, I would challenge some of you. I'm not saying this is a sin, so don't take it that way. I'm just saying maybe it's time for some of us to get off Facebook and get into the book. Just throwing it out there, no judgment. But whatever it looks like for you to get into the word of the Lord, whether it's a device, a tablet, a, a phone, or your computer, or, or, or a hard copy of the book, I encourage you, get into the word of God. It's a book, by the way, that claims God as its author. It's a book that was actually written over 1,600 years. It was penned on three different continents of the world by over 40 people and yet one author, God. Think about this for just a second. 66 books put together in two testaments filled with history and poetry and humor and prophecy and romance and letters and biographies and songs and journals and advice and laws and stories. All of that put together making up one unified story of the pursuit of God for his lost children. And it's unified. 1,600 years, 40 people, three continents. Do you realize that if we took 40 people from the people that are watching this message right now and put you in a room with a notepad of paper and a pen and said, I want you just to you know, kind of be sensitive to what's going on and write some things down, and we were to take all 40 of those documents and put them together, do you realize statistically the unlikelihood of those things going together? 
The Word of God is an amazing book, obviously inspired by God Himself. And I want to challenge you this year to get into the Word of God. Read every bit of it. Do you realize all you have to do is read for the average reader about 15 minutes per day, and in one year you will have read the entire Word of God. 15 minutes a day. You could do it in so many ways. Get on the YouVersion app. Get on the, go to Bible.com. There's the one-year Bible where you read it kind of straight through with passages from different places. This is what I'm doing this year. I'm doing the chronological Bible where I'm reading it in the order that it was written in terms of what it covers and etc. There's all kinds of ways that you can read through the Bible. But I encourage you guys, life groups are being formed this month and starting next month. I encourage you as a life group leader, challenge the people that are in your life group to get into to the Word of God. It's going to make a difference in your life. And by the way, we do need to be doing more than just listening to what someone else says about the Word of God. We need to be listening to the Word of God itself. We need to be getting to it on our own. We need, we need to open up the pages. We need to feed on every Word of God. And I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. It's going to create something new within us. It's going to restore something broken within us. And it's going to transform us to become more like Him. So I'm challenging you. Nobody's going to monitor you. Nobody's going to you know, ask you to report in with how many you've read and how well you're doing. But I, I just challenge you, read the Word of God. Let me give you a second one. I want to challenge you to remember the Word of God. And specifically what I mean by that is to memorize. And I really, some of you might be like, I haven't memorized anything since I was in school. I haven't memorized anything since I was in, in high school or grade school or whatever it was. I want to encourage you to get the Word of God on the inside. God actually said this in Deuteron Deuteronomy chapter 11 and verse 18. Imprint these words of mine on your hearts and on your minds. The Jewish people had a, uh, a custom of having a scroll rolled up and put into a little box and they would strap it to their forehead because symbolically it was suggesting that the Word of God was in their mind. Guys, we've got to do more than just symbols about it. I mean, that's great. That was awesome. I love that custom. But we need to literally get the Word of God in our hearts, in our minds. This is what uh, the Word of the Lord says in Joshua 1 and verse 8. Study this book of instruction continually. Continually. Why? Why should we do this? Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Man, it's like a light bulb came on for me. I'm like, why am I struggling so much with good decisions? Why am I struggling so much with, with doing the wrong thing? And then I realized, wow, maybe the degree to which I'm struggling is the degree to which I'm ignoring the Word of God. And maybe if I would get into the Word of God and meditate on it day and night, I will be sure to to obey everything that's written in it. Notice it says this, only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. When I meditate on the Word of God, it sets me up for success. And I'm not, I'm not talking about you know, an empty promise, like if you'll memorize the Word of God, checks will start appearing in your, in your mailbox. What I'm saying is that when you memorize the Word of God, all of a sudden your actions are impacted by the Word of God. Your decisions are impacted by the Word of God. Your thought life will be impacted by the Word of God. We were actually just reading this morning on the way, to, on the way in 
And I noticed that, that uh, today's verse of the day, version Bible app, it, it has a verse of the day every single day. And this particular verse for today comes from Psalm 119. And by the way, that's the longest passage of Scripture in the entire Bible. And almost all of it, right in the center of your Bible, is about the importance of the Word of God. And the writer says, God, your Word is a lamp to my feet, and it's a light to my path. If you're struggling with decisions this year, if you're struggling with direction, if you're trying to figure out what's the next step, what are you doing, what, what, what have I got to do, then let the Word of God be a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. Psalm 119, same, same passage, verse 11, I love this. says, God, your Word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Is that amazing? That by getting into the word of God, I might actually start to have some success with this sin thing that I wrestle with. I encourage you, read the word of God. Memorize it, remember the word of God. And then this one's gonna sound a little bit different. Number three, I want you to relate to the word of God. What I really mean by that is have a relationship with the word of God. Remember what Jesus said? John chapter 15, verse 7, he said, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. There's something about getting into the Word of God that connects us to Jesus, who is the Word. Getting into the Bible is getting into Jesus. Do you remember what we read in John 1 in the beginning? Was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. And in verse 14, and the Word was manifested in the flesh. The Bible is the written Word of God. Jesus is the Word of God in flesh. So there's no surprise when you get into the Bible, when you get into this book that was written over 1,600 years, 40 authors, three continents inspired by the Holy Spirit, there's no wonder that this book points to Jesus. The Word. The Old Testament, 39 books, five books of the law, 12 books of history, five books of poetry, five major prophets, 12 minor prophets, and all of them point to Jesus. Getting to the New Testament, 27 books, four gospels, a book of church history, 13 letters from Paul, eight general epistles, one book of prophecy, and all of them point to Jesus. Literally every book in the written word points to the incarnate word, Jesus Christ. Anybody thankful for Jesus today? Hallelujah. And if you get into the Word of God, you are going to be able to better relate to Jesus because it's going to reveal to you what He is and who He is. So if you go through the Old Testament, <coughs> pardon me, if you go through the Old Testament, you're going to see Jesus prophetically pointed to in every single book. So let me just go through this real quick. I'm going to fly. You guys ready? Pins at the ready, hands warmed up. You're not going to write all this down. I'm just telling you right now. In Genesis... Jesus is seen as the seed of the woman. In Exodus, he is our Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he's our high priest. In Numbers, he's the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. In Deuteronomy, he's a prophet that is greater than Moses. In Nehemiah, he is our restorer. In Esther, he is our 
advocate. In Joshua, Jesus is the captain of our salvation. In Judges, he is our judge and lawgiver. In Ruth, he is our kinsman redeemer. In First and Second Samuel, he is our trusted prophet. In Kings and Chronicles, he is our reigning king. In Ezra, he's the rebuilder of broken walls. In Job, he's the ever-living redeemer. In Psalms, he is our shepherd. In Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, he is our wisdom. In Song of Solomon, he's the lover of our souls. In Isaiah, Jesus is the prince of peace. In Jeremiah, he's the righteous branch. In Lamentations, he's the weeping prophet. In Ezekiel, he is the glory of God. In Daniel, he is the everlasting God. In Hosea, he is the forgiving husband. In Joel, he is the giver of the Holy Spirit. By the way, I like that one. In Amos, he is the builder of the city of God. In Obadiah, he is our savior. In Jonah, he's the firstborn of the dead. In Micah, he's the ruler of all ages. In Nahum, he's the avenger. In Habakkuk, he's the God of our salvation. In Zephaniah, he is our savior. In Haggai, he is the restorer of the kingdom. In Zechariah, he's the priest on the throne. In Malachi, he's the son of righteousness with healing in his wings. All of the Old Testament prophetically points to the incarnate word, Jesus Christ. But that's not, that's not all. Because we've also got the New Testament. And he's in every single book of the New Testament. In Matthew, he's the king of the Jews. In Mark, he's the servant. In Luke, he's the son of man. In John, he's the son of God. In Acts, again, he's the giver of the Holy Spirit. In Romans, he is the righteousness of God. In 1 Corinthians, he's the giver of gifts. In 2 Corinthians, he's the triumphant one, giving victory. In Galatians, he's the liberator of our souls. In Ephesians, he's the head of the church. In Philippians, Jesus is our joy. In Colossians, he's the head of all things. In 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, he is our hope. In 1st Timothy, he's our faith. In 2nd Timothy, he's our stability. In Titus, he is the truth. In Philemon, he is our covenant friend. In Hebrews, he's the messenger of the new covenant. In James, he's the great physician. In 1st Peter, he's the cornerstone. In 2nd Peter, he's our purity. In 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, he's love and he is light and he is truth. In Jude, he's able to keep us from falling and in revelation he is the king of kings and he is the lord of lords he is the incarnate word and if you get into the written word you're going to come face to face with who jesus is all right i'm wrapping it up david can you come help me out all right this is the last challenge i want to give you I want to challenge you to read the Word. I want to challenge you to remember the Word. I want to challenge you to relate to the Word. But I also want to challenge you in your life to reveal the Word. To reveal the Word. And this is 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And I'm reading this in verses 2 and 3 from the message, which is a, a little bit of a paraphrase. You can go look it up in a bunch of different translations if you want, but I love this. It says... Your very lives are a letter that anyone can read by just looking at you. Christ himself wrote it. Not with ink, but with God's living spirit. Not chiseled into stone, but carved into human lives. Guys, everywhere you go, everything that you do,
is God revealing himself to other people. Your life is a letter that he is writing. So think about that. The way you interact with your spouse, <laughs> the way you serve on the dream team here at One Family Church, the way you interact with your children, the way you serve in our community, the way you worship God, the way you trust God when things are difficult. Your life is a word that God himself is writing. So we're getting really, really practical here, right? We're gonna read the word, we're gonna remember the word, we're gonna relate to the word, but this is very, very practical as well, and that is I wanna encourage you to reveal God and what he is doing in your life. Remember, God is doing a creative act in you. God is doing an act of restoration in you. And God is doing an act of transformation in you through the Spirit of God and through the Word of God. Guys, we let these two things work in our life and we're never going to be the same again. And this is gonna be the best year that you've ever had in your life. Can somebody say amen? I'm gonna invite, we're gonna do this a little bit different. I'm gonna invite everybody that's here, Shaw Campus, online. Would you stand to your feet just real quickly? Amen. I wanna pray with you guys. I realize that everybody might be in a different place. Maybe you just want to take on the reading of the Word of God this year. Maybe that's what you want to do. Maybe you want to take on having a relationship with Him a little more than you've ever had. Maybe you want to take on the challenge of memorizing the Word of God this year and letting it become a part of your heart. Whatever it looks like for you. Maybe it's just living out what God is doing in your life and being a letter that other people can read. But whatever that is for you. I want to pray that God, through the power of his spirit and the truth of his word, is going to do an incredible act in your life this year. So would you just close your eyes wherever you're at. Everybody close your eyes. And let's pray together in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, today I thank you so much. First of all, I thank you for your spirit that is available to every single one of us, God. I thank you for the Holy Spirit. And Lord, today we take you at your word. You said that if we would ask for the Holy Spirit, that it would be given. And so today, Lord, as a church family, all together and also as individuals, God, we just ask today, let this year, let 2022 be a year that we are filled with you. Let the Holy Spirit fill us to overflowing, God, I pray, in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray that we would be so full of the Holy Spirit that it would literally pour out of us to everyone around us, I pray. I pray, God, that our families would notice that we're full of the Spirit. I pray, God, that our community would notice that we are filled with the Spirit, God. I pray, Lord, that your Spirit would be in us and through us, above us and beneath us, before us and behind us, God. I pray that you would fill us and that you would lead us through your Spirit. And I'm praying today, God, that you would help us to put the Word of God in a preeminent place in our life, Lord. Maybe some of us 
Maybe we used to read it a long time ago. Maybe we even memorized some scripture a long time ago. I pray, God, that right now at the beginning of this year that you would plant within us, Lord, a brand new, fresh love for the word of God, that we want to live based on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. God, that we would even silence the voices of others that have been impacting us at every level, Lord, and that we would begin to hear the word of the Lord one more time. Let your word come alive in the hearts of every person here. I pray pray in the mighty name of Jesus. And I pray, God, that through the power of your spirit and the power of your word, Lord, I pray that you would create something brand new in us. I pray that you would take broken people and restore them today. And I pray, God, for all of us that through your spirit and your word, we would be transformed to become more and more like you. And for all of these things, God, we give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. amen. Would you say it one more time? Say amen. Amen and amen and amen. Hallelujah. Amen means so be it. Let it be done. And I pray that that is the case for you. I want to just give you a few ways before we finish the first service of the year. I want to give you just a few ways that you can respond today. Of course, one way that you can respond is by using the QR code or the connection card just to communicate with us, especially if you're, a, if you're a brand new guest, we would love to hear from you, to know that you're here with us today. And uh, so I encourage you to fill that out and let us know if God's done something in your life, you want to share that, we would love to celebrate that with you. You can do that through that QR code. Uh, you can share a prayer request. We'd love to pray with you about whatever might be going on. Uh, so feel free to use that to communicate. And then I also would encourage you just as a way to respond to what God is doing in your life, be a part of giving. If you're part of One Family Church, just give through your tithes and your offerings to support that mission of bringing people and God together in love. We're doing that here in the St. Louis area. We're doing that nationally through those we support and even internationally. So I encourage you to do that as well. And guys, I also encourage you, man, it would be a great way to start off the new year to stop in that prayer room before you're done. And just take communion, walk through, remember the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. There'll be somebody there to pray with you, encourage you to do that as well. But guys, one more thing we're going to do to launch 2022 is we're going to worship one more time. Is that all right? Let's worship with the team one more time. God bless you guys. Happy New Year.